from the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast. This is Ag Day. Not green fields. They need early grazing and they're not getting that this year. What has some Louisiana farmers scrambling to keep their animals fed? How much more will you pay for this year's Thanksgiving meal? The American Farm Bureau Federation is out with its annual survey. Plus, why Wisconsin seems to be behind on harvest. We actually were very surprised. And Mexico makes history when it comes to buying U.S. corn. So why now? I find it really, really hard to believe. A reality check from Market Watchers right now on Ag Day. Good morning, I'm Clinton Griffiths. Mexico making its largest single day purchase of U.S. corn ever. Buying nearly 1.9 million metric tons or 73.5 million bushels. Around two thirds was for this marketing year, the other third for the next marketing year. That's when Mexico's GMO ban is expected to kick in. It also purchased 9 million bushels Tuesday. So, so far this month, Mexico has bought over 2.6 million metric tons of U.S. corn, which is 104.2 million bushels. So is it just a coincidence that Mexico has been on a buying spree since the government announced their ban on GMO corn would start in 2024? One market analyst tells Ag Day he doesn't think so and he's skeptical about the ban. Yeah, buy it before you ban it, I guess. Um, I have a lot of questions, as do a lot of traders and analysts, regarding this potential ban of GMO import. I just, I don't know how they're going to replace the 600 million bushels of corn that they buy from the United States in a given year. They have claimed that they have some sort of plan to do so through uh, U.S. non-GMO growers and, and then uh, corn that would be sourced elsewhere. I just, I find it really, really hard to believe. Novaklovic says his sources tell him the GMO ban is politically motivated and Mexico is using it for some sort of trade leverage. The I-80 Harvest Tour is brought to you exclusively by Case IH. Case IH equipment is designed, engineered, and built by farmers. See their stories at builtbyfarmers.com. Farmers in Wisconsin are nearly done with soybean harvest at 97%, but they still have nearly 30% of the corn left to pick. Agnes Michelle Rook found out on our I-80 Harvest Tour that may be because it takes extra time to bring in a big crop. Clinton and USDA's November crop report, the agency put soybean yields at 54 bushels per acre for Wisconsin, down just one bushel from 2021, but projected record corn yields this season at 182 bushels per acre. Now that's up two bushels from last year. And yield results from the field are backing up that forecast. For Wisconsin farmer Will Morris, the results of this year's soybean harvest have been unexpected, but welcome, especially with the weather extremes during the season. So this year our soybean yields seem to be above average. We actually were very surprised. We were not figuring on an above average soybean crop with the way the weather was. We had a very cool September and a few big rains but they were at the right times. The lack of disease on his soybeans was also a contributing factor to those strong yields. And in soybeans, it was no more than our normal years. I would call it a low pressure soybean disease year. For corn, USDA is projecting record yields in Wisconsin this year, and that trend was certainly evident at Morris's farm. He says disease pressure was low and they didn't see much tip back. Corn yields this year are above average as well. 
the only difference between an above average crop this year and a normal above average crop is we have higher harvest moisture this year. And we're probably looking at five to 10 bushel above average yields. And he says corn yields would have been even higher if test weights would have been closer to normal. This year, the test weights on corn are average. We're running 56 to 57 pound corn this year. Last year, we were well above average. We were mostly 59 to 60 pound corn last year. The corn was also wet with moisture levels three to 4% higher than previous falls. But that means some extra drying costs. Corn, the last couple of years, we've become accustomed to 20, 21, even some teens. Uh, and this year, we're probably running mostly 23 to 25% right now. But despite the ups and downs of the season, he says 2022 will be a profitable one for his farm. And in the end, it turned out to be a very good year and uh, gives us a lot of hope for next year. I'm Michelle Work reporting for Ag Day. A blast of winter weather is continuing to push across the country, bringing possibly feet of snow. Meteorologist Maggie Urasavik has an update on the timing of things. Yeah, Clinton, that's right. We could be looking at a measurement in feet of that lake effect snow in parts of western New York, talking about near Buffalo and towards Erie, Pennsylvania, where that snow is going to pile up quickly. That's because of all that Arctic air coming across the lakes, even a little bit more expected in Michigan as well. And yeah, then there's another system moving through the Rockies, bringing some higher elevation snow. That's going to continue out there as that system slides onto the south. It'll lose its moisture eventually. And then we've got some uh, rain in parts of southern Texas. That's along that southern cold front, which is moving eastward. But behind that cold front, take a look at this. These are the snowfall totals all the way into the weekend and early next week. Yeah, we're talking 24 plus inches of snow. And in some cases, we could be looking at four to six feet downwind of Lake Erie. And we're going to talk more about that in just a little bit. But those snowfall totals are going to almost break records. And the temperatures, they're going to start crashing as well. The cold air already into the upper part of the north central part of the country and the northern Rockies. That colder air is going to be moving towards the Great Lakes and over them. That's what's going to cause all of that snow here in the next few days. Yields in the Fields on Ag Day is brought to you by Micro Essentials from Mosaic, the science of more. Discover our proven products. Text YIELDS to 31313. And Rod Pierce in Woodward, Iowa sharing this picture saying Harvest 22 is a bin buster. Rod saying his cornfields are topping around 230 bushels per acre. I'll have more on your forecast coming up. Flip Your Soil on Ag Day is brought to you by ESN Smart Nitrogen. Many larger farmers are apprehensive about using cover crops to flip their soil, and that is also true in drier climates. However, in Nebraska, farmers have been successfully using cover crops there for years. In the southwestern part of the state, where they face moisture deficits nearly every growing season, farmers say cover crops provide cover and protect soil moisture. Plus, there are many other pluses for growers to consider. I think we've all been exposed to the benefits of cover crops, but it's just actually taking that first step and not large scale, but find a, a field that maybe you have a problem with, doesn't have to be big, 
work with somebody in the industry that has knowledge and start integrating a few practices with those cover crops and don't give up. And every farmer's goals for cover crops are different, so formulate a plan. And I believe you need to have purpose when you do it, so you should understand why you're cover cropping, what, what you're trying to do, whether it's weed suppression, whether it is some additional grazing for cattle, um, or whether it's just soil erosion, you want to protect your soil. He says when working with producers, they take different approaches for those with livestock and without. A week from today, families will be gathering for Thanksgiving. And the American Farm Bureau Federation's annual Thanksgiving dinner survey shows people will be paying 20% more for the traditional meal. It reports a feast for 10 people will total just over $64. Now that's less than $6.50 per person, but it represents a $10.74 increase from last year's average. The centerpiece of most tables, the turkey, is responsible for one of the biggest increases, up 21% this year. AFBF says the increase can be attributed to slightly smaller flocks this year, along with increased feed costs. Now, stuffing is up a whopping 69%, along with pie crusts and a half pint of whipping cream. That's up 26%. The organization says inflation is slashing the purchasing power of consumers, along with supply chain issues and the war in Ukraine. Grains were lower on Wednesday, led by a sell-off in soybeans. We'll see what led the market lower next in analysis. And later, something that's not normally a problem for Louisiana farmers, what's causing problems for much-needed winter pastures in the country. The market seemingly unimpressed by Mexico's big buy of corn. Soybeans were also under pressure midweek. Michelle Rook is back with a look at markets now. Wednesday's market closes higher in livestock, but a lower day in the grains. Alan Brugler, Brugler Marketing is with us. And let's talk first of all a bit about the big slide that we saw in the soybean market. How much of that was lower soybean oil versus some of the South American rains that we're looking at? Well, I, I think you had a combination of things going on there. Certainly the rains are positive for the production there, but I think soy oil was the main feature here. If you take the, the drop in nearby soybean oil today, figure 11.8 pounds per bushel, that was worth 34 cents a bushel in product value. So uh, the, the value of that soybean dropped quite a bit based on the beans oil slide. And of course, meal was down a little bit too. So the bottom line is the crush margins got a little weaker today, e even with the, the drop in the beans. So what about the corn and wheat market? It looked like we were taking out some of this Black Sea War premium there. Yeah, I think we just got some short covering yesterday. Open interest would show that because of the uncertainty. You heard there was a missile that landed in, in Poland. You don't know whose it was or why at that point. So you had a lot of short covering buying. Today we find out uh, nobody's going to make a big deal about it. The Russians are saying the West re acted responsibly and, and didn't, didn't get excited about it. So uh, we backed off uh, basically what we, what we bought yesterday. So did the market also try to price in, or is it anticipating this Black Sea export deal is going to get extended? I don't think we've got a big risk premium in there right now for it, for the deal to expire. Uh, if you remember, the, the terms of the deal are it automatically renews for 90 days if nobody objects. The UN has been trying to get a one-year extension, but that, that takes a diff that's a different deal. Okay, so... The, uh, the reality is the Russians could wake up the day before the thing expires and say we don't like it and try and hold the, yeah. hold the market up for more concessions. But for right now, it seems like we're, we're kind of status quo.
And we've held where we need to support-wise on all these grains, including the 100-day moving average there in the corn, right? We've got the 100-day average. We've got a, a retracement, uh, 651 or so. We've got, uh, we do have a head and shoulders top, a small one on the, on the these and March charts that counts to 640. So there okay. is a little downside risk left, but uh, yeah, we're, we're finding some buying right here. Okay, that's good to know. Thanks for joining us, Alan Brugger with Brugger Marketing and more Ag Day is coming up. To talk to Alan about his Ag Market Professional Services, call Brugler Marketing and Management at 402-697-3623 or visit his website, www.bruglermarketing.com. Now through November 22nd, Willowwood Glufosinate 280SL starting at $59.84 per gallon when you pay with cash. Visit fbn.com slash direct. Price is subject to change. Terms and conditions apply. Meteorologist Matt Urasavik joining us here with our national forecast. And Matt, uh, we're waiting on spring, right? I mean, at this point, I mean, it's, it's going to be cold. We're just waiting on spring. Yeah, there's a countdown somewhere, right? Yeah, but yeah, right. the colder air is here. It's going to be moving over those Great Lakes, creating a lot of snow, especially in western New York. But the temperature could feel closer to zero, especially in the north central part of the United States. Those temperatures are crashing eastward. You can see that cold air in parts of North Dakota. Bismarck showing in below zero on that feels like temperature this morning. And even in the 20s, all the way down in parts of Tennessee, down into the Ohio Valley as well. The cold air following that Arctic front all the way on through. And you can see the actual temperatures this afternoon only going to be in the teens there across uh, parts of the northern Rockies and the north central United States over towards the Great Lakes. Still in the 30s, but we're going to have that colder air moving over the lakes slowly starting to get some of that lake effect snow and then only in the 50s all the way down to Jacksonville, San Antonio, Brownsville as well. Uh, pretty crazy temperature swings here as we head to deeper into the fall season and you can see tomorrow morning still looking very very cold across the north central United States and tomorrow afternoon not much different in the teens in Minneapolis 20s in Chicago 30s down towards St. Louis Tulsa and Cincinnati with the 50s along the Gulf Coast so cooling things off is that Arctic front that's now moving off the East Coast high pressure replacing it to the south and a some of that uh, wind creating the lake effect snow, which is really going to get cranking in western New York and parts of central Michigan here uh, heading into Friday and the weekend. That's when we could be looking at feet of lake effect snow, something that we really need to keep an eye on there, especially in western New York. But notice not much else going on for the rest of this week, really just the lake effect with those colder temperatures. So here's a look at that lake effect. We looked at this a little bit earlier. You can see where we're going to see it here in parts of Michigan over into parts of Canada as well, but it's right here that we're going to be looking at a long fetch of lake effect coming in towards the Buffalo area and even into uh, just to the south of Watertown here in uh, New York, where we could be looking at upwards of two, three, four, even six feet of snow. And here's what that looks like. Here's the area near Buffalo, the uh, kind of bullseye here, which they saw back in 2014 almost six feet and we could be looking at much of the same thing. Wales here, Hamburg towards the Buffalo area and then south of there right along the lake. We'll see some good snow totals there as well. So get ready for uh, really, really high snow totals, low visibility, terrible driving there just to the south of downtown Buffalo. And that's going to continue to be the case here as we do have 
Colder air in place over much of the east that will give way to some milder air heading into Thanksgiving week and we'll continue to track that right here on Ag Day. That's a look around the country. Now let's take a look at the weather where you live. South Bend, Indiana, lake effect snow likely a high near 35 degrees. Heading towards Plattsburgh, New York, rain and snow changing to all snow, a high of 36 and still chilly in Roy, New Mexico, high in the upper 30s. Up next, know someone who would like to get into farming or ranching? How USDA is trying to attract the next generation, coming up. Cattle feeding margins are continuing to climb. According to the latest Sterling Beef Profit Tracker, it says cattle feeders saw average profits of $222 per head. Now that's the highest since the end of April when average margins were $252 per head. However, costs for finishing cattle have increased dramatically since then. The cattle sold last week carried a total feed cost of $581 per head. That's 21% higher than back in April. Now, estimated beef packer margins, there were $66 per head, down $4 from the previous week and down 90% from a year ago. USDA is releasing funds to try and spur interest from the next generation in ag, announcing a $24 million boost for beginning farmers and ranchers. It says the investment will be made across 45 organizations and institutions. The investment, part of the National Institute of Food and Agriculture's Beginning Farmer and Rancher Development Program. It helps new farmers with such issues as managing capital, getting land, and learning effective business and farming practices. USDA officials say strengthening and growing that next generation pipeline is vital to the continued success of American agriculture and rural communities. Up next, normally this time of year, many of the fields in Louisiana would be lush and green, but that's not the case for many producers this year. We'll have an update next. Weather has not been kind to Louisiana agriculture this year. As Craig Gautreaux reports, beef and dairy producers are feeling the effects of drought conditions on their pastures at a critical time with winter approaching. It's November and these fields would normally be covered with a green canopy of ryegrass. Lack of rainfall across Louisiana has pastures looking brown and short and producers haven't been able to get their winter pastures established. So typically producers shoot for October 15th is your plant date. You want to have everything done. Now I've talked to a lot of producers this year with the lack of rain, they're pushing that back possibly up until November 14th. Getting ryegrass fields established later means fewer days of grazing and more days of feeding costly hay. For dairy farmers, this is an added burden to their slim profit margins. The uh, drought conditions here have, uh, have really affected the dairy producers because they normally plant early, they need early grazing, and they're not getting that this year, so they're having to, uh, to use a lot of hay. Many cows are carrying calves that will be born in the spring. Because these cows will be fed hay until winter pastures are tall enough to be grazed, producers should have their hay tested to make sure the nutritional needs of their animals are being met. You gotta make sure that, that, that you're giving, giving them a high enough quality ration to, to get them through uh, that, that, uh, that pre-calving and post-calving uh, period. While consumers have seen higher beef prices, cattle producers have not seen a large run-up on the price paid for their cattle, 
putting them in a precarious position. It's made things very hard. A lot of our cattle producers are questioning if this is something that's sustainable for them and their families long term. Because of a wet period during the summer, Louisiana does have an ample supply of hay going into the winter. With the LSU Ag Center, this is Craig Gotro reporting. All right, thanks, Craig. And that's all the time we have this morning. I'm sure glad you tuned in. From all of us here at Ag Day, I'm Clinton Rivers. Have a great day.